0: Let's get on with the show. All
1: right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jen Amos. And I'm really excited because today I have with me Jeremy Parker, who is the co-founder and CEO of Swag.com. His website is (laughs) Swag.com. And so with no further ado, Jeremy, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Let's just start with your awesome website name. Uh, swag.com. You must have had to, it must have uh, cost a a certain amount to (laughs) grab that name. But I think it's so cool that you have swag.com as your company name and the the web domain.
2: Yes. So when we started the business, we knew how powerful owning a brand in this space would be. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a, a massive industry. Promotional products have been around since you know, George Washington had presidential pins. It's been a long mm. time since people have it, but there's no really go-to brand that you think of. This is the place to get promotional products. And when we realized that, when we realized how big the market was, we said, we need to own this brand and we need to yeah. really appeal to today's buyer. You know, maybe 10 years ago, the buyer was different, but now it's a millennial buyer. Yeah. It's someone who wants to do things really seamlessly and automated and not be overwhelmed with too many options. And they, frankly, they call it swag. So we, we realized we need to get that name from very early on. It took us about nine months to negotiate the deal. Ultimately, what we wow. ended up doing is we negotiated the owner down significantly. I'm not going to get necessarily into the numbers, but really, really down, you know, fairly, fairly you know, digestible if we want to say. And what we did is we still didn't have that money in the beginning. So we did is, we gave him a little bit of the company, a little small piece Mm. with exclusive license to use the domain for a two year period. And our feeling was over those two years, we could really prove out the model, see if this business works. And if it does, then we could ultimately have the money to purchase the domain name. So we own it. So about eight months after we launched, we then bought it from him. So we own it fully.
1: Wow. That's amazing. And I appreciate you sharing that story, Jeremy, because I think that for business owners who like, think of like the coolest name for their business and they find out it's taken and they have to bid for it or pay for it. They're just like, nah, I'm going to go ahead and do something else. But it's really awesome to hear the negotiation process that you and your team did to own swag.com. And here you are (laughs) swag.com.
2: Here we are. We're we're about five years later. Things have been going, you know, really great. Thank God. We uh, yeah. are the fastest growing promotional product company in the U.S. We were just named the 218th fastest growing company in the U.S. on wow. the Inc. 500. And you know, a lot of it has been a lot of hard work. But the, the name definitely helped us very early on. And as we've been able to grow, it's been helping us more and more with organic traffic and SEO and really kind of getting that brand name out there. Um, you know, once you hear it once, you, you're never really gonna forget it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, Jeremy, we were talking about this a little bit offline, and I think I think that uh, the average average person knows what promotional items are. You know, they could be like swag bags, they could be pins, they could be pens. You know, they could be t-shirts, hats. So, I think it's 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 nothing new for people to know what promotional items are. But let's so. But with that said, let's go ahead and talk about um, what everyone has been talking about, and it's that shift in twenty (laughs) twenty. So much has changed since then. And I'm curious to know because we're not doing in person meetups anymore. Mm -hmm. um, You know, we're not doing in person conferences as much. I'm curious to know how has your company at swag.com adapted to the change?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. And, you know, we've had four years before this year Mm -hmm. of consistent growth. And we were Mm -hmm. hoping and we were, you know, excited about this year. We thought this would be a really amazing year for us. January and February were more than double of January and February last year. So we were really on pace this year um, to do amazing. March hits, pandemic hits, and it makes sense. A lot of the business went away. Right. You Think about it. The whole industry is reliant on trade shows. There's no more trade shows. Right. Office managers buying for internal office culture. There is no office. People buying for you know, HR managers for onboarding of new hires. No one's getting hired right now. So the industry as a whole really contracted. Um, right. The whole industry, just so you know, is down over 40% this year versus last year but we're up, we're up about 60% this year versus last year. Our last five months have been our best five months ever. We did north of $2 million in sales last month. Um, And so we're really growing. And a lot of it had to do with our shift. You know, about two years ago, we saw the writing on the wall that, this is before the pandemic, that work from home was really taking off.
1: Right, and we started to right. build
2: out this distribution platform that allowed companies not only buy swag to send to their office, but also we could hold their swag in our fulfillment center for warehousing distribution and they could send it to their best customer or mm-hmm. to a lead to help close the sale or to you know whoever they wanted to send it to. But right. really the pandemic put that in like hyperdrive. It went in from like a nice to have to a need to have. Mm. Everyone's working remotely. Everyone's disconnected. How do you keep your company culture thriving even when no one's in the office? So yeah. sending them swag in the mail, you know, congratulations, Them, You know, if you're not going to be traveling across country to that meeting, how do you still engage with your best customers instead of going to that trade show or the event? How do you humanize your online event? Send them swag in the mail. So a lot of our business has shifted to more of the distribution. Um, And we've been luckily that we started building this about two years ago. So we were really in a great position to adapt very quickly.
1: Yeah, you'll have to uh, educate me and our listeners on this because I only know so much about distribution. When Mm -hmm. I think about promotional items, I think about, you know, buying things in bulk and then Mm -hmm. having it get sent to one place. It -hmm. sounds like you have really mastered the distribution um, when it comes to these times when when it's better to, you know, send a remote addresses to send, you know, to, to homes. And so, um, not, you not to spill all the beans or anything, mm-hmm. but is there anything you want to share about that to maybe inspire other people, uh, maybe in a similar, in the similar industry to be like, Oh, we can maybe adapt part of that model as well.
2: Yeah. A hundred percent. And we're glad to, and I, by the way, I talked to tons of people in our industry, different mm-hmm. companies, and I share tons of ideas and, you know, it's a sad time right now where a lot yeah. of people are going through. So we're, we're in this together. We're in the same industry. We're You know, we're competitors, but not really. We're all, there's enough business for everybody. Um, For us, you're right. You're exactly right. People buy typically swag in bulk. So they Mm -hmm. would buy, like I say, a thousand t-shirts and they would ship it to their office to be given out. So we realized is during the checkout flow at the really, when they're inputting their shipping address, we ask a question. Do you want to send this to your office or do you want us to hold your inventory for you? So they select on the button, they go through the flow. Now instead of sending that 1,000 T-shirts to their office, we can now hold that 1,000 T-shirts in our fulfillment center for warehousing distribution. They get to log in. We call it My Inventory, but you can Mm -hmm. think of it as like your online swag closet. You Mm -hmm. see all of the stock that you have in real time. If you wanna send it to one address, you literally input your address, press the button, it calculates the shipping in real time, you pay for that, and then we ship it to the one address. If you mm-hmm. want to send those a thousand t-shirts to a thousand different addresses, simply upload your CSV file in real time, it will calculate all the shipping, wow. you press the button, we'll capture it, and ship it to thousand different addresses. And now we're also realizing a lot of people don't necessarily know where their employees live, where their customers live, mm-hmm. where their, all their leads live. So we built this giveaway feature, with clearly less than a minute, you could upload your logo, your colors, it creates a giveaway recipient landing page. So now I could send you a link and says, hey, thanks so much for being a great customer, thanks so much for joining my webinar, whatever you want to engage with, you click on the link, you select which product you want, you input your t-shirt size, you input your address. It all speaks to our system and now we can distribute it. But then we're really adding layers and layers on top of it. So mm-hmm. you could have, let's say, a marketing closet where only marketing teams can get access or a sales closet where the sales can get access or the London office or New York office. So you could really break it down by location, by budget, by permission settings, approval flows. We wanted to build this robust, swag distribution and also swag management platform for companies who are working in remote offices and frankly, working at home, make it really easy for them to manage.
1: Yeah, Jeremy. I think that's so incredible, and it goes back to what you're saying that you're trying to humanize events, or you're trying to humanize the work from home experience. Um, because, as you know, as all of us know, um, it is easy to feel isolated and disconnected from people. Now that you know we've had numerous lockdowns and were you know told to stay at home and practice social distancing, um, but to have you know to have um, something get sent to your home that is from a, you know a larger company or company as a whole it feels like you're still a part of something greater than, you know, the four walls (laughs) in your home office.
2: Right. That's hundred percent. Right. You know, like everyone's trying to feel more connected than ever. Everyone's feeling so disconnected. So, you know, sending something in the mail to your best employees or to customers to show that you've been thinking about them. It doesn't really matter what you send them as long as it's quality and shows that you took some time to care about them. Um, It it will be you know, it's really powerful in today's age. You know, it's all about the culture. It's all about the team. We're all in this together. We're all scared. We're all uncertain. It's a really great way to keep everyone connected.
1: Yeah. And I absolutely love your attitude about that and just being able able to help people even in your own industry to be like, Hey, like you said, we're all in this together. This is a scary time. And the only way we're going to get through this is if we band together and share that knowledge and succeed together. Cause you know, I think of, I think of the, um, you know, promotional, uh, brick and mortar businesses that essentially had to shut down because no one was coming in the office anymore to say, Hey, print me this board, you know, print me this for my, um, you know, so I can put my listing out there and do an open house because people aren't going to open houses, you know, anymore and stuff like that, for example. So the way that you have pivoted, I think is absolutely genius. Um, and it's something that I think a lot of people can find hope and inspiration in.
2: Yeah, I hope so. And, and for us, we're even taking a step further and we're, we're not launching this until early next year, but we're building out an entire reseller platform, um, mm. really allowing a lot of these brick and mortar promotional product companies who are hit really hard yeah. or you know, salespeople and promotional companies that rely on the in-person meeting, they're going to have a really hard time transitioning to fully automated, fully online platforms. They might not have the experience it's very expensive to build technology. We yeah. built a lot of technology over the last five years. So what we're going to be doing is giving them in some way like their own online platform that they could use to make sales. Mm-hmm. You know, Help them get through this period of time or help them adapt to the new shifting time period. So yeah. we're excited about it. We have already a lot of distributors other people in our space who people could think of as quote unquote compares to us mm-hmm. using our service using our platform and using our infrastructure to allow them to make sales and overcome these obstacles
1: yeah that's incredible Jeremy I want to go ahead and backtrack a little bit because you mentioned that you've been doing swag.com for about five years now yeah. what was life before that you know what were you doing before yeah. that before you found swag.com yes
2: yeah, so I've been the entrepreneur ever since I graduated college I was a, a documentary filmmaker I went to film school. At Love Boston it. University mm-hmm. and when I was in film school I actually won the audience award at the Vail Film Festival so I was on this track to be this this filmmaker but I had mm. this kind of aha moment the next day it was like a weird thing where I go down Vail Film Festival really big film festival and I go down to the quote-unquote celebrity brunch and you know, I walk in and there's big celebrities on one side of the room and there's these struggling you know artistics on the other side of the room and I kind of had to do like an internal gut check like mm. am I good enough is this my passion do I want to do this and it wasn't. It was wow. like I'm coming off a high. And I realized at that exact moment, maybe even this is not the right thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I graduated college. And then I realized, you know, I have no business experience. I've never built anything. I've been so creative in that kind of world for so long. Let me just start the business and see what I'm good at or see what yeah. I like or see if I'm really not even good at it. And maybe it's a different path I have to go on. So mm-hmm. I started a t-shirt company. And I thought t-shirt company in the beginning would be very easy I was Twenty-two, very naive. But then you really have to think about what is a t-shirt company. You have to think mm-hmm. about manufacturing and production and building out a website. This is before Shopify days. There was you had to literally build out your whole e-commerce experience, mm. how to market the site and PR and tell a story and branding. And I kind of really fell in love with the branding aspect and the telling of the story. Um, and I did that for about a year. I launched it in the worst time ever. It was 2007, recession hit, all the banks were going under, (laughs) all the stores we were selling to went under, it was really bad. But I wrote a um, a note to Mark Cuban, you know, I was very early in my entrepreneurial journey and I was reading a lot of blogs and I wrote Mark Cuban a note saying, this is my story and we launched this new marketing initiative that I thought Mark would find interesting. Mm-hmm. where we tied the price of the shirts to the price of the Dow Jones. So every time the Dow dropped 100 points, we would give our customers a little bit of discount. Mark ended up writing about us in his blog, which got seen by wow. AdAge, which got seen by, it, it kind of went a little bit viral in some ways. Yeah. And it ultimately got on the radar of this guy, Elliot Pizer. Now, Elliot Pizer is the CEO of Weatherproof Garment Company, really large apparel company. Mm-hmm. And he reached out to me and we became friends and we were talking. And one of the companies that Elliot ran was a company called MV Sport, which is one of the largest players in promotional products. Mm-hmm. That's why this whole long story is just to say, yeah. I got to this industry of promotional products, never really knowing anything about it, having no experience about it, just doing one thing that led me to something else that ultimately got me in touch with MV Sport learning the ins and the outs of the industry when I was 22 to 25. Mm-hmm. And I realized, even at the time, that the industry was broken, old, fragmented, really heavily reliant on emails to close sales, phone calls, presentation decks, major catalogs. And it, at that time, it didn't really make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. But you know, even 10 years later, the industry hasn't really shifted, hasn't really improved, still old and broken. And I thought I would have a real opportunity to kind of shake things up and streamline the entire experience.
1: Wow essentially what you did uh you know starting from the days of you uh doing documentaries you trusted your gut you knew Mm -hmm. that that it wasn't really your true calling to do that and you just started following breadcrumbs you know you just started Mm -hmm. following like what is the next thing you could do and then that led you to one thing to another person to another person Mm -hmm. and here you are (laughs) you know to swag.com and i think the you know this really the lesson behind that is to trust your gut and the how-tos will figure itself out because it's not like you, show, you woke up one day and you're like, I'm going to sell promotional items. I'm going to sell yeah. merch. I'm going to sell swag. It was like, no, it just you just happened to have come to this place because you kept following those breadcrumbs and you kept trusting your gut.
2: I think a lot of it's that a lot of it is just kind of putting yourself out there and being okay to be rejected. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs are very nervous about what if somebody says, no, what if it's not a good mm. idea and it never is the right idea. And I'll tell you that even with swag, <laughs> we start the business, you could change a hundred different times until it's the right idea. You just mm. have to feel passionate about a problem that you're solving. What yeah. direction you go in to solve that problem, you're not going to know it's, you should listen to your customers to guide you. Um, and yeah. that's what we've been doing. Just a lot of putting ourselves out there, trying to listen to our customers, trying to listen to, as you say, breadcrumbs of where I should be positioning ourselves, whether it's a company or myself personally, um, I think you know is extremely important.
1: Yeah, and I think I want to highlight what you just said, like listen to what your customers are telling you. Because I mm-hmm. think very often we think about we, we think we know better than the customer and what's to provide to the customer, but sometimes they're literally telling you what they want and you should mm-hmm. listen to that. And so I think that's a very profound uh, lesson, Jeremy. And, you know, I think your success definitely didn't happen on accident.
2: <laughs> Thank you. And I'll tell you even a step further. Our first year of the business with Swag, we didn't build anything. And we just had this domain name, and the idea from the very beginning was, well, we have this amazing swag domain name. We just spent, you know, time and energy and money on building a brand and how the site looks, but mm-hmm. without actually the user experience, just like a landing page. Right. I need the first five rows of logos that like show off, like we work with this company or that company. We need that kind of social proof. Yeah. And that's all we did. We knocked on doors. We went out. We got rejected. I used to walk up and down the WeWork hallways, like every <laughs> single, every like literally three days a week. I would go to different offices in New York City. I we work knocking yeah. on doors ultimately facebook became our first customer just because wow. we had a Friends who worked at Facebook, who got us in the door, and then we spent literally three hours walking up and down the hallways, talking to whoever we can at Facebook yeah. until somebody would buy. We didn't care about making money. It didn't amount, think about the margin. It was to try to you know, form these relationships, but really even more than that, learn the experience, learn what products they're interested in. You mm-hmm. know, we brought like, traveling salesmen. They would tell us what we liked and what we didn't like, and we started to kind of adapt what the focus should be. You know, how should we make the experience better for them? And then we went to WeWork, and then when they said, hey, who else do you work with? We said Facebook. You know, and then it so probably thought thousands dropping. of <laughs> a little name dropping here <laughs> and there. And you keep going and going. And then you have, you know, the row of five logos, but really you had so much information and data from your customers. And the first year is all about just phone calls. Talking to our customers nonstop so that when we built the site, we knew what we were building. We knew that it was actually going to work. It wasn't like a guess. It wasn't what we thought was going to work. We knew exactly what was going to work. And we just keep chipping away at at it Mm. and making the experience better and better for our customers.
1: Oh, that's incredible. I I hate to wrap up this conversation um, at this time because you are sharing so much incredible knowledge. But Jeremy, if there is one more thing that you want to share with our listeners, whether it's about swag.com or being in business, what would you like to share with them?
2: I think, I think as entrepreneurs, you just have to be consistent. I think that's the most mm. important thing. A lot of times, even my, my younger self or friends of mine, you get kind of in the mindset of, you don't have to do it every single day. You don't have to put all your effort mm. in every single day, whether you're going to have amazing days that are successful or, you know, some days you're going to have bad days. Not everyone's going to be perfect. As long as you're consistent and you're putting it every single day and you're working towards a goal and you're listening to your customers, you're ultimately going to find your path. And it's ultimately going to win. It's going to work for you.
1: Awesome. Well, Jeremy, it's wow. I just, I feel like you dropped so much knowledge and inspiration (laughs) to our listeners today. Thank you so much for your time and your flexibility to be here, even though you're in a hotel right now. (laughs) It's been greatly appreciated. And I know our listeners really benefit from our conversation today. So again, thank you, Jeremy, so much for your time.
2: Thank you so much for having me. It's really a pleasure.
1: Yes. And again, to our listeners, this is Jeremy Parker, who is the co-founder and CEO of swag.com. You can learn more about it, about him and his company at swag.com. I like to repeat that because it's just awesome. That's your company. <laughs> I <name>. love it. <laughs> yeah. And with that said, listeners, thank you all so much for chiming in or for listening in. And we look forward to speaking with you in the next episode. Tune in next time.